This is the Bad Religion Podcast, episode 27 for Monday, October 6th, 2008. Everything must cease. Hello and welcome to the 27th and final episode of the Bad Religion Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike. You probably have noticed that there hasn't been any new episodes since March's Vegas show. The primary reason for this is that since March, I've graduated from college, moved out to Seattle, and started to work full-time. I've come to realize that I no longer have time or the effort to continue to put out the podcast on a regular basis. However, I wanted to produce a final episode in order to provide closure to this thing that I know a lot of listeners have enjoyed. I've certainly had a great time producing it, interacting with everyone who listens, and enjoying the mild fame this podcast has given me in the Bad Religion community, most notably my interviews with Jay and Brian last fall. Before I get to goodbyes, I figured I'd do an entire episode of the show. So, in this final episode, I'm going to play some of my favorite live songs, rare songs, and other stuff that I've not yet had a chance to air in the previous 26 episodes. First up in the song rotation will be probably my favorite New America song, Don't Sell Me Short. This particular version comes from a pretty good bootleg from 2000, Hard Pop Days. It's a real shame that the band doesn't play this song anymore. In addition to it being on the relatively neglected New America album, I believe it was also pretty hard on Graffin's voice, which is perhaps why they tended to open sets with it when they did briefly play it live. After that, we'll listen to a pretty intense version of American Jesus recorded on the Peel Sessions radio program in 1993. To round out this set, we'll be listening to a song that is a contender for the most $2 words title amongst Bad Religion songs, Delirium of Disorder. 
There are surely other songs in competition for that title, but with the second verse containing the lines, I am just an atom in an ectoplasmic sea, and the anaconic, the anechoic nebulae rotating in my brain, it certainly gives some other songs a run for their money. This version comes from Suffer Live, which I believe is just an audio rip of the Along the Way tape. So here we go with Don't Sell Me Short, American Jesus, and Delirium of Disorder.
So those were Don't Sell Me Short, American Jesus, and Delirium of Disorder. We'll now move into the news section, where I try to recap what's been happening in Bad Religion Land since about a year ago when I last did one of these sections. In case you missed it, the band released a deluxe version of New Maps of Hell, which contained acoustic versions of some of the new and old songs. In their tours of Europe and Canada this summer and fall, the band has been playing One Somebody, probably the best of the three new songs during the acoustic encore. If you missed the awesome spring tour, the acoustic encore is something from that tour that the band seems to have adopted as a mainstay, with Borden Extremely Dangerous maintaining its role as a transition from acoustic to electric. Well, it's actually pretty much the summary of what's been happening since the theme sets in the winter. There has been some talk of the new album possibly coming out as early as next year, but with the busy and conflicting schedules of all the band members, I wouldn't get my hopes up waiting for a 2009 release. It could happen, but if New Maps of Hell was any indication, it will probably be delayed considerably. Moving back into the songs, I'll first be playing a cool electric cover of Won't Somebody from New Maps of Hell Deluxe Edition. Uh, it was posted by Spidey255 on the BRPage.net's forums. 
After that will be a live version of Tested from the Go Bang VHS from 1997. This is the somewhat odd bootleg where Graffin is wearing a particularly Graffin-like sweater. Jay has very strange long haircut and is constantly fucking around with the background vocals. Like on the American Jesus song I played from this bootleg a few episodes ago where Hudson had to run over and do the One Nation Under God part at the end. And finally, I'll play the very excellent God song from the very excellent 1998 Indie Zone bootleg. Here goes. Won't somebody please come up with something? Cause Jesus has so seem to be impartially working. And all the rest are really down in the ratings. While everyone else is right here waiting. Out in the cold, like a bundle of cold. Little packets of darkness, waiting to glow. While there's nobody home, and there's a wreck in the yard. Somebody please come up with something Cause Jesus just don't seem to be impartially working And all the rest are really down in the ratings But everyone else is right here waiting Waiting for peace At the end of our streets Back behind our apartments And our passenger seats Just a moment of bliss Amid all of this waste But despair and oblivion Of our precarious race It's ours to face now Won't somebody please come up with something Cause Jesus has not seem to be impartially working And all the rest are really down in the ratings But everyone else is gonna keep on waiting Now I know nothing lasts forever so we might as well wish for a goddamn fix of this toxic change of weather Won't somebody please come up with something Cause Jesus just don't seem to be impartially working And all of the rest can barely stay in the running But everyone else is gonna keep on waiting Won't somebody please come up with something 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 I know nothing lasts forever
Well, it wouldn't be a Bad Religion podcast without a not-so-bad religion banter section, so let's get right into it. This episode's not-so-bad religion banter comes from the recent Revolution's Thunder bootleg posted by Mike Clay from the band's September 24th show in Toronto. Let's listen. Hey, Greg, one whole year now. The Big Bang. One year. Should we do it now? Well, the same thing. The collider? Yeah, you know... Toronto's what I consider... It's a big, an educated city. It's a big city. With many good universities. And for that reason, I think I can give the preamble to the next song. Great. I concur. I just want you to know we did not do this in Thunder Bay, okay? We, nothing against the wonderful people out there, but we just didn't feel like they would care as much as you care about this next announcement. It was mostly moot jokes. Now, it's been almost two weeks since uh, something happened, a big event happened, that uh, somehow justifies this song that we wrote almost 20 years ago. And uh, even though it took Europe 20 years to build it, it should have happened here in North America because we've got enough cities like Toronto and Oklahoma City that care enough about these kind of things. So, what I'd like to tell you is that two weeks ago, the Hadron Particle Collider finally went online. So you know what I'm talking about. It, it was supposed to make history. We don't really care the fact they shut it down a couple days ago because it justified the next song. And we were happier than anything. The song's called 
Big Bang. Next up is the interview section of the show where I'll be playing a clip from Greg Graffin's reception of the Rushdie Award from Harvard earlier this year. I was going to attend the event in person, but annoyingly, the real reason I was in Boston intervened and I was unable to make it. Luckily for everyone, the event was recorded and posted online. But rather than playing directly from that event, this is from an interview that Greg did with the Humanist Network News. Here goes. Bad Religion, um, the name of this band, has been something that's been um, really at the forefront of my mind while we've been promoting this. Um, it's something of a provocative name. Uh, how did it come about? I think what's important to remember is that uh, we started Bad Religion when we were only 15 years old. And at that stage in life, uh, the word humanism and uh, the uh, even the ideas of uh, science were not very uh, forefront in our minds. We were mostly interested in uh, r- rabble-rousing and um, being rebellious. And so the term itself, bad religion, came about because we just wanted to make people uh, angry at us, basically. And at that time, uh, the right-wing uh, Christian movement was getting stronger and stronger in America. And it was around 1980, and there were a lot of uh, conservative televangelists on television and we thought, what better target uh, than that to uh, call a bad religion? And the, then it dawned on us, even at a young age, that it's kind of an ironic name because we started to amass a following, and we thought we ourselves are kind of representative of a bad religion. So it ended up being a very appropriate name and something that, as we got older, we didn't have to shy away from because religion is such a eternal topic for conversation. You've kind of implied that your mess- music does have a message, and that's one of the reasons that we picked it. Do you think you are a message musician? First, I must uh, say that uh, if you assume that there's a message in your music, uh, it's a rather um, arrogant and kind of totalitarian way of sharing music, because... Um, you don't always have, well, I'd say you rarely have control when you're an artist over how your art is to be interpreted. And I've always maintained that when I'm writing a song, I have to let go of it the moment it leaves my head because it's going to be heard by people and it's going to be interpreted by people from vastly different backgrounds and how they interpret it is their own business. So if there is any message in it, I, at a young age I recognized that whatever that message is is going to be decoded in very different ways. And therefore, I had to ask myself, is it really worth assuming that this message is valid? So what I would say is our music has a lot of substance. I hope to, it, it has meaning. And yet how that is interpreted by people varies tremendously. Best case in point, we have a tremendous number of atheistic fans. But I'd say we have an equal number of piously religious fans. And it's something that uh, I think is a, um, heartwarming. Uh, it says our music uh, reaches a lot of people, and that's always meant a lot to me and to my co-writer, Brett Gerwitz. 
Now, do you think that this approach to music, you know, having um, the way you put it, substance, do you think this distinguishes you from other punk bands of your generation and of the previous generation? I wouldn't say that it's easy to make substantial claims for some of the more popular punk songs. I mean, the Ramones' Hey Ho, Let's Go um, was one of the great punk songs of all time, but it wasn't that deeply substantial in a um, lyrical way. And yet, culturally, it had a lot of substance. So it's it's really hard to generalize. Once again, we're talking about art. Um, what I think is that Bad Religion... Uh, when I'm talking about bad religion songs, I'm talking about the ideas of my co-writer Brett and myself. And our songs have always um, been uh, thought thoughtful. We always put a lot of thought into them. And they're generally well-informed because Brett's a, a reader and a very intelligent person himself. And I've always informed my uh, music of... Um, from the research and the reading that I've done in natural science. Now, we take that kind of substance and we try to make it into an artistic piece of music. Um, And I can guarantee you that uh, our music is going to have a lot of thought behind it. So that's, uh, it sounds terrible to say that that's better than other bands out there because I don't really believe that. Some bands maybe have songwriters that can just rattle something off freeform and it can have just as much substance as uh, our songs that take weeks and weeks to formulate. Now, there are many other ways in which um, your band is different from other um, punk bands that have been, it's been grouped with. Um, for example, your singing style, your presentation style, um, the lyrics and the kind of words that you use um, all differ very greatly from bands like The Clash and The Ramones and Sex Pistols. Um, do you think that's connected with um, with your particular style um, of music, or is, is it something you do consciously? Well, one thing I noticed uh, very early on when I started the band as a singer, I didn't want to emulate other singers. I didn't want to try and sound like this guy or that guy. I just wanted to try and be myself. And because of that, I never had a pretentious style of singing that was unnatural. So my uh, unique style just comes from probably mostly from my genes. Uh, My my unique sound of my voice is different from other people uh, just by uh, the luck of the uh, DNA. The way you articulate your um, your sounds, the way you try to make everything heard, is that an intentional action? Do you have to work very hard for that kind of effect? I always looked at singing like um, speaking and rhythmic speaking at that. So I've always had a good sense of rhythm and delivery. And because uh, we wrote these uh, lyrics that we felt had a lot of uh, thought and meaning behind them, I always wanted to deliver them as clearly as possible. Now, moving on to another track, um, many other people having hit it big with a band like Bad Religion would have given up on education at that time. But you chose to continue it um, on through a PhD and onto a prestigious teaching position. Now, um, why did you continue on with that kind of life um, after having been so successful in another track? I guess uh, this is a perception problem. 
because you might perceive it as me hitting it big with the band, but I never felt like we hit it big. I feel like Bad Religion is a a really interesting monster, and it's accompanied me through most of my life. And it's something that's a part of me that has morphed into a larger and larger part of me, but it's never really, to me, felt like a, an explosion of fame or an explosion of notoriety or some kind of a massive uh, career that is worth throwing away everything else I've worked for to pursue. And because of that, I've always believed two things. Number one, you can't give up on education. So that's why I always stayed in academia. But also, I recognized that my academia was what was fueling my motivation to do music. So it was the ideas that I thought were so interesting. I almost always approached bad religion as an academic pursuit, something that needed to be reworked constantly and mostly in terms of ideas, try to rework the ideas into more interesting formulae so that you could uh, share them with a larger group of people from more diverse backgrounds. So I guess I never felt that we had reached the goal or the explosion of popularity that you might think we did. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. And I'm never satisfied with last year's record. All right, let's get back into the music. Specifically, I'll be going through some B-sides that I don't believe I've ever played on the show. First up is a demo Graffin did of Change of Ideas before No Control was released with his synthesizer. I believe I played the second half of this demo before with the synthesizer version of Anxiety. After that is the only B-side from The Empire Strikes First, namely Surface of Me. I always thought this song really stood out as being a B-side, as it just didn't sound very much like any other songs on The Empire Strikes First. It sounds much more like a New America song, especially the guitar solo near the end of the song. Perhaps it's because the band gave it up very early in the process and didn't give it the same finishing that the other songs on the album received. Regardless, I've never played it on here before, so you'll be hearing that song second. And finally, we'll venture into the strange land of Greg Graffin versions of traditional American songs. This one happens to be a duet with Annette Carpenter. Uh, I don't actually know who Annette Carpenter is, although a Google search to the Greg's Religion page tells me that she's Graffin's cousin and a melodic, folky artist. So um, here come Change of Ideas, Surface of Me, and Fields on Fire. Here goes. Well, the seas have all been brought, the fields have washed away.
friends who passed Think of sacrifice Completely turned to Him Counting earth as dross Counting all things lost Let Jesus dwell within Many do not heed For the chains of greed Still crushes their desire Be assured, my friend If you still offend he will set your fields on fire. He will set your fields on fire. If to sin is your desire, you have heard Jesus call. He has left you to must fall. Let the Lord your soul inspire. When you join the heavenly choir and rejoice with Him. When the sun grows dim, when he sets the world on fire, and rejoice with him when the sun grows dim, when he sets the world on fire. Well, it looks like we're getting to the end of the last episode of the Bad Religion Podcast. I'd like to take this time to, first of all, thank Bad Religion for making this entire podcast possible. For the past eight years or so, the band has remained the true constant in my music taste ever since I first heard you and Tony Hawk 2 and Them and Us and Crazy Taxi. Through the magic of Napster, I was then able to find more songs by the band, and I was instantly hooked, eventually buying every reasonable album, although I don't own a copy of Into the Unknown, unfortunately, or any of the original vinyls for that sake. But uh, as you all know, it eventually turned into this podcast. It was truly a dream come true that time last fall when I was invited on the Bad Religion tour bus to talk with Jay and Brian for this podcast. And while I never got a chance to talk to the other members in person, their contributions to my life have been enormous, and I give my humble gratitude to them. And of course, I'd also like to thank everyone who listened to all 27 episodes of this podcast. I know that there have been sound quality issues at times, that my delivery can be grating on some people, and that the originally planned bi-weekly schedule has been highly erratic. But I hope that despite these issues, you all have enjoyed this program, and it's certainly been great receiving mail and even meeting a few of you. While I no longer will be doing podcasts, I do plan to remain semi-active in the Bad Religion community. Next time the band comes within a reasonable distance of Seattle, I'll be at the show recording, and I might even make a few trips now and then to California to try and record a show there. I'll also still be on the comments pages and forums of the thebrpage.net, and I will still be checking my email at brpodcast at gmail.com. But before I leave you for good, here is a final batch of songs to end the podcast. First up is my favorite Bad Religion song, Billy. I was shocked to learn that I never played the demo version of the song before, so I'll definitely be playing that one to start things off. Uh, again, this is a demo for No Control. After that uh, will be my favorite Grey Race song, Parallel. This particular version comes from In The Zone 1998, which I talked about earlier. Uh, then we'll have my favorite track from 80 to 85 along the way. This version comes from the show the band did in 1996 in Escalare Valls, Spain. And to make sure that Into the Unknown is included in, in this final episode, I'll be playing Chasing the Wild Goose from Into the Unknown album. Uh, I'd play a live version of that, but I don't know of any. And finally, and appropriately, will be the first song I ever played in episode 1, Fuck Armageddon, This Is Hell. That version came from the live at Tuxedo Junction bootleg, while this version comes from the immensely awesome Seattle Sessions bootleg. So once again, thanks for listening. I'm Mike for the final time. See ya.
Yeah. 